1: And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland.
0: We are back. It's Lifeline with Andy Froyland, Pastor Phil Howard, and his brother, uh, David Howard. And we are having a marvelous time just reflecting on exactly what the cross of Christ and the empty tomb has brought about and how the truths of those two statements should carry into our lives on a regular basis. Now. Um, David, you mentioned this just a a little bit ago, and I want to I want to go back to that. And Phil, you can help me with a couple of questions on that for your brother. Um, I I remember reading about uh, the 1904 revival in Wales, and they would call them white glove counties because they would go in. The judge, the circuit judge would come in. There'd be no cases to try. Because everyone is experiencing revival. And so he would take a white glove and put it on the bench, meaning no, nothing to try. And they were called white glove counties. Mm-hmm. There's one specific story where uh, uh, slate, which was mined extensively in Wales and still is. Um, they had it came to a stop around 1905. Mining came to a halt in Wales hmm. come to find out all of the pit ponies they used to bring the ore up they would stick all the ore in those little carts and then the pit ponies would drag them up out of the out of the mine all of these pit ponies were used to the cursing and the foul language that the miners would use but upon this revival that takes place and all these miners getting saved the pit ponies could no longer understand the commands that were given to them. They had to retrain pit ponies. <laughs> All this to say grace changes everything. Oh, no, yes. David, you are a classic testimony to how that grace actually changes. You were one man one way, and the next thing you know, you're another man going another way. What does that look like? I mean, for somebody listening to us tonight, what does that grace look like in your life? How did it change you? Well,
2: uh, I I get where I hate going back to uh, uh, our reunions for all the firemen that I worked with and so forth, and they knew me in the other life, Great. and they start talking about the other life, and I hate going back, and they keep bringing up mm. what a no-good scoundrel and what in negotiations you know, I was going to win mm. because, you know, I, I, I didn't come to beat with you for you to win right, I he's the to union win. president,
3: and so yeah,
2: but uh uh, a, a Downs girl, who is my niece, taught me there's benefits and consequences. Hmm. And if you do things the way he wants, he'll never leave you, nor forsake you. Hmm. He'll always be there. And you get to enjoy the benefits of his love his generosity, his faithfulness. You know? Now, there are little things when I didn't necessarily, even after the change, I didn't always do things the right way. There were consequences. I got scars on the back of my head I can show you today where he says, Holy Spirit, get him. <laughs>
0: and straight me up. You know, it's fascinating. You mentioned the fact that you don't like hanging around the people who knew you back in the day and that is it that is a unique change to Christians isn't it I I I, I am ashamed of who I was <laughs> and so to, to hang around things or people that would remind me of that that's no longer fun anymore is it and, and, and uh, you know I can listen to a lot of my old friends talk about with fond memories <laughs> what kind of a scoundrel they were and I I just can't do that anymore. So, what? what do you just avoid them? Do you? Do well, I was in sports and I
2: played with number of teams, and they would come and get me to to play shortstop, mm-hmm. to play uh, point guard, and they wanted me on their team. And there was phone was ringing all the time. The only problem was the ones that sponsored us was some pub. And we would go after the ball games, and we would go to the pub and get drunk. Mm. And I couldn't go to the pub and tell them about Jesus. And they didn't want me to come in there telling it. So I had to either leave them, and the toughest thing I did as a new believer was leaving the old lifestyle and the sports that I loved to play and it felt like I was as good as any of them. Yeah. But they said, don't come in here telling us about Jesus. Yeah. So I said, I haven't got anything else to talk about.
0: Phil, you, as a younger brother looking on, you must have, uh, when all of this was taking place, what are some things that you noticed about your brother? How, how did How did his change in life change you? Well, it, you know what was
3: beautiful is when I started Valley. I, I'd been, I was there the night that he received Christ uh, on Barrett Avenue in Richmond, California, Central Assembly Church. I was there with my dad and my brother Paul and him. So I saw that, and then I saw him uh, coming to church a little bit and falling away, and. Uh, and tough circumstances he was living with and negotiating but being in town starting this church uh, one of my burdens was to go after people that were so called backslid and in the traditions we grew up with I thought they never were taught the word They don't know assurance. We were taught you lost every time you sin. It was a miserable kind of existence for us, even the sincere ones. Uh, We we stayed saved despite the theology we were being fed. And uh, so, me moving in with him, I remember he was a smoker. My family smoked, drank coffee, and cussed the Republicans. I mean, this (laughs) bunch of Irishmen. uh, this is way back blue collar, blue right. collar, and um, uh, when I moved in, when, I remember one morning we were doing a men's Bible study at his house. Like it was on a Thursday night, and we get made to go golfing with a guy early in the morning, and this guy was a non-smoker, athletic. A man built like a bull kind of a guy and I told David I said uh, we were waiting in the car he had to go by the store this other guy I said please don't light up I said uh, don't light up this guy will, will take you on we could be walking because you know he, he's strict about it and David said to me he said what well, don't you know and I said what he said I, I quit now I'm living with him he's always smoking a van of cigars I mean the place was lit it just and that was just hey it's his house and that's it and I, he I was around smoking all my life and I said oh you did and he said well I tried to quit once before I didn't want you to know but I, I fell mm-hmm. and he said but I quit I said well when did you quit he said this morning that's 7.30. Run away. I said, oh, oh. I said, well, well, what enabled that? He said, I just heard Romans 6 last night that our members are to be presented to God and that we become members of righteousness. And he said, the truth set me free. I see it. My body is to be his instrument. It's to be his and according to Romans 6 I'm free. And I said I'm thinking, yeah, that's nice theology. Let's see. That was 50 years ago. Yes, he, has, he hasn't he hasn't fallen back yet. No, no. He's going to fall into Jesus' arms, but he's not falling back on tobacco. There you go. And just like the truth sets you free, that truth—I mean, I've heard it seminary, I've taught it—but to say, "Stop!" Seven thirty in the morning. I just heard the lesson last night. It truth began to change him and became a Bible lover. And that's one reason we're on the air, because we want to get the Bible to people who are not hearing it.
0: It's not theoretical. It's very truth is extremely practical, extremely practical. We got to take another time out, gentlemen. We will come back and continue our conversation here on Lifeline with our Friday evening truth for today edition of Lifeline.
1: And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland.
0: We are back. Lifeline, Andy Froyland, Pastor Phil Howard, Pastor David Howard, a uh, couple of brothers who just uh, found themselves serving Christ for their lives. And we're exploring David's life because he's the older brother uh, who has to keep the younger brother in line. And you've done a good job over the years, I might add. Thank you very much, David. Are you sure?
1: (laughs) We are sure.
0: (laughs) I think. I don't know. Well, you know, the
3: jury's still out. (laughs) We would appreciate not being probed publicly on air.
0: (laughs) So, David, let's talk about your little brother. Um, No. <laughs> On a serious note though, I I know uh I know you don't not so much. We've talked about this off the air, but I know along with Chuck over here, uh you've been known as a tough guy and you've got that tough guy exterior. You look, I you look like a tough guy. You look like I you look like a guy I wouldn't want to cross. You, you, you've you got that look it's, and I wish we had TV for the moment because I, I love the smile on your face it says volumes but with that rough exterior comes uh, an antithetical tender interior you're what is it that drove you to this idea that uh, well as Phil said earlier on in the program tonight you used to be a taker what is it that changed you to where now you're you're a giver and why?
2: well <clears throat> uh, God has been so uh, faithful and generous with me. there's been many different ups and downs in 84 years but god see like yes said earlier. jeremiah yeah but god said i'm not through with you yeah now i want you to do this i want you to do this I want, and he didn't tell me to do it he said this needs to be done
0: he just presented you with the opportunities he
2: said this needs to be done and this needs to be done What are you going to do with the building we're in? uh, We were
3: uh, my executive pastor and I were really content in the other because we went eighteen years before we ever had our own building. Right. So the church was booming, growing. And David would come in, us, just us three men would meet. And he kept saying, but when are we going to build the next building? And we thought, you're out of your head. <laughs> uh, we are We are in paradise. The place is growing. We've we got our own building. He And he kept on. And then one day he said, Phil, I know you, someday you'll be busting the seams in the building. And you'll say, well, where's the other building? He said, "You don't know it's going to take eighteen months at least of going to the city environmental report." or you know, he knew all the being a fire inspector, he knew what was ahead. Right, but he became the bulldog. He met. He would interface with the contractor and. and uh, we got pictures of him nailing down subflooring in a hot, hot day that I thought he's going to have a heat stroke. No, he's that always behind the scenes. But and part of that tough guy, if you knew where we grew up. In Richmond, right. we relate to many of our black friends because we grew up the same places, and we count them friends because we had the same struggles. We were coming up out of the projects. Melanin made no difference. No, no, no.
0: Yeah.
3: And uh, and then becoming a uh, union president, negotiations, and he was around guys, and you know, what's in it for you? Yeah. And uh, in that and sin and years
0: of disobedience, it makes you tough because it's a tough world. It, it is a heavy taskmaster sin is, isn't it? I mean, it's pleasurable for a season. But the end thereof is death, isn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, a lot
2: like I mentioned before about, you know, playing sports. Uh, offense doesn't always win. No. It doesn't. But you got to keep the other guy from getting his way. Yeah. And God said, I have a way.
0: Come on. Yeah. Come on. And you know, I my pastor's going on sabbatical for six months, and I've, uh, I'll, I'll be taking the pulpit for the first couple. and One of the things he wanted me to talk about was our calling in Christ. And as I'm working through that, um, I'm, uh, it's like, okay, I, I got a nice little illustration now for part of my sermon with David here. Whatever God calls us to, he's prepared us for. Sounds like even in the toughness of your life prior to coming to faith in Christ, you were developing the skills i mean there are skills and there are giftings mm-hmm. you know god in, in in gives everybody skill sets and when we come to faith in christ with the holy spirit living in us now we're gifted with gifts that match those skills and we can then do what we're called to do sounds like man he had you pegged right from the start didn't he
2: well he got me out and i worked uh high-rise steel for a period of time became president of a union and running political campaigns and through those different things and getting done don't tell me it can't be done yeah and when things laid at your feet and so he prepares yeah he prepared me. I went screaming and kicking when they came out. They were going to build a hilltop shopping center, yeah, and the guy, the chief says, "Come on, I want you to be the inspector on that and it's the last thing in the world I wanted. However, I didn't realize what I learned in going to school to the fire academy and so forth. Prepared me to help this church get through some of the obstacles that they had before them,
0: yeah.
2: and so we took the opportunity that God laid before us and says, "This is what I want to see done." Yeah. Who's going to do it? And you know who he's talking to? He was talk- there was nobody there but me, <laughs> but he kept saying. Are you going to do anything about it, or are you going to sit there and suck your thumb and tell these other guys what they should do?
3: <laughs>
2: that David had a saying.
3: Uh, a lot of times people would say, well, let the church pay for it. You know, that's common. Or let the church. He said one day, said, meet the church. <laughs> yeah. I happen to be the church. I happen to be a giver. He said, you act like the church is some... Island uh, bank out here. Yeah, it's us. It's us, us believers that give our resources to underwrite the work of God. Yeah. and he used to tell me, he said, do "You know what? Oh, you, all oh, you, you're buried in the Book of Romans all the time. You don't know what to do if it isn't in Romans." And I said, <laughs> "You're right." And so buildings, finances. I, I asked him one time, I said, "Where did you learn to manage finances?" He said, "Live." in the back of my car with all my earthly goods in a, a paper bag. Yeah. He said, "I got some advanced
0: education on finances." It's it's fascinating. You you talk about the fact that, you know, you get it done and there was a time when you would get it done in whatever means possible. And probably sounds to me like a lot of those times they were shady means. But as a believer in Christ, the same truth applies, just get it done, but now you've got the person of the Holy Spirit instead of the shady means. Yeah. Which makes it all the more different, doesn't it? I remember when Phil was
2: going to come and start a church, I thought he was crazy. And my dad... uh, uh was talking to me and he says the boy needs to talk to the ways of means committee <laughs> and the ways of committee it started out in the throw room on high yes yeah. and then there was a whole bunch of us that was behind and we had to be somebody beating the tambourine and saying come yeah. Come we're going to show you a better way And the uh, John 8:32.
0: The
2: truth will set you free.
0: Yeah. It always does. On that we'll take a quick time out and pay some bills. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation here on our Truth for Today edition.
1: And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland.
0: And we are back. It's Lifeline, our Friday edition with Pastor Phil Howard. Truth for Today, which you can hear Monday through Friday right here on KFAX at 5 in the morning and 8.30 again Sunday morning. It's a great way to get the day started with Pastor Phil as we sit and reflect on the beauty of Christ, the love of God in Christ and His Word. Because that's, you know, what is it... Uh, Uh, um, Oh, God, Luther, while we ate and drank our beer, the Word did it all. That's what he said. That's what he said. And that, uh, boy, I tell you what, we're just foolish enough to believe it. I'm afraid some are just drinking the beer. They never get to
3: the Word. But it'd be good if the Word was unleashed through just a very, uh, what could you say, he was a full sinner saved by grace alone. Yeah. And he knew it. Yes. He, he did not, he, he one time wrote, quit sneaking up on God in prayer, tell Him you're a sinner, and claim everything Christ died for. Amen.
0: That, and we, boy, it seems as though we are... In need of that today, aren't we? That uh, getting back to the word, we've kind of—I think the church has kind of lost track of that a bit, hasn't it? Right. Well, uh, as you said before,
3: when we're better known sometimes for Easter egg hunts than the power of an empty tomb, I said you know I—I I told somebody I'm not looking for more fog machines or better lighting. I've lived in the fog long enough. I—I yeah. want the light. I want the truth. I was thinking I you know what our tools when we started Valley I never heard of church growth never heard Peter Wagner had written no books in 71 on the subject there was no such thing as strategizing it was just shipwrecked on God stranded on omnipotence Mm -hmm. it it was prayer the word and loving people and guess what Uh, I've had people interview me give me your formula Prayer, loving people, the word of God unleashed. And uh, uh, I think of Paul when he said that the grace of God that came to him, he said it was on the basis of the resurrection of Christ. And then I love, I would say to our audience, uh, you workers, listen to what he says Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And he's based it upon, we're preaching our living Christ. A Christ, if he can conquer death and the grave, surely he's bigger than your alcohol. He's bigger than your drugs. He's bigger than your womanizing. He can break every fetter that is dragging you to hell. Mm-hmm. He wants to break the fetters and the grave is his sample. If I can do this to death, what can I do in your life? all i need is your permission would you believe me would you trust me i can rescue you
0: mm. it is uh what's what's the word paul uses it's uh, oh gosh it, it, it's foolishness we, we, what we're talking about is foolish to most people isn't it they yes. they want the formulas they want the the, the 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 a b c and d they they want all of this stuff and it it it's the word isn't
3: it it's, it's the word uh, they just say uh, do you have a different prescription doctor I don't like penicillin though it's known to cure but uh, do you have something that tastes better Yeah. and so uh,
0: God gets so tired of people trying to reinvent him I like in, uh, uh, in John Bunyan's second volume of Pilgrim's Progress, Christiana's story, one of the boys starts eating fruit from the other side of the fence, which is you're dabbling with sin, basically, is uh, the analogy he's doing there. And they call for the doctor who comes in, and the prescription is the word of God. <laughs> That's all. I, 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 there's nothing new under the sun. This is this has been known by the church for hundreds of years now. <laughs> no formula needed. Open up the Bible. Right? Open up the yes.
3: Bible. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why we named it. We started in a valley, and we want to be known for the Bible, and so that's why we named it. Some of these churches, I don't know what they are. You know, if it's the lo- local dump, uh, yeah. an
2: aquarium. Yeah. Well something I learned was uh, Psalms 86 5 you O Lord are forgiving and good bound to love to all who calls on you
0: there and it is that was
2: me that was you he was called on me
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah
2: and God made him a,
3: a sponsor of something that's why as men have poured our lives into uh, a valley And uh, this radio, we started a school years ago that was a great school of theology and ministry that's become another named school. But the the whole uh, impetus behind it was the saints of God, there's a famine for the Word of God. We don't have a monopoly on it, but I thought, is J. Vernon McGee the only one? that would teach it, or maybe the Swindolls and the MacArthur's. We thought, can we have something in the Bay Area that could be known, not for gimmicks, but we will unleash the word of God verse by verse and let God build the church.
1: I've got to interject something here. I did; I hadn't planned this, but as David read that passage just now, I just, I want you to know David Howard. That I love you. And uh, truth for today, listeners, most of you wouldn't know this. But without, and the reason is because David has chosen to do what God's called him to do, but to do it anonymously. God knows what he's doing, and that's all. The only thing he was interested in is that God knows it. But I want you to know that without the advocacy... And the financial support of David and his dear wife, Fran Howard, Uh, Truth For Today would not have been on the air for 25 years. Uh, I thank you, David. If you didn't do what you do, I've I've worked in this ministry for 25 years, and I wouldn't have been able to do the ministry that God called me to do if you didn't do what God called you to do. Mm -hmm. And so I want to thank you for that but i also want the listeners to david has finally retired at 84 years old he, he wants to go play more golf now he doesn't want to play more golf but but <laughs> but he's retired and i want you Want you to know, David. I'm going to be praying for you. But I ask the listeners to to be praying for David and Fran as they enter the next chapter of their life. Uh, David's not going to stop work doing what God's called him to do. But would you as they live move cross country, uh, would you be praying for them that God would continue to use them and that He would raise up others like you, David? That's my prayer.
0: Thank Amen. you. Thank you so much, Chuck. Chuck Lattabodir, our uh, producer of truth for today who always uh, like david kind of sits in the in the shadows more often than not i mean you know fortunately it's radio so they don't get to see our face which is a good thing uh, <laughs> we could we could sit here and have a contest about who would break the mirror the most but uh, fortunately uh, you know we do have guys like chuck and david in the in the background who make this thing happen absolutely and it is uh, absolutely it's God's economy, isn't it? It's, yes, it is. It's the way God loves to work, doesn't it? It's going to be wonderful, the
3: judgment seat of Christ, to see who God gives the rewards to. <laughs> it won't all be all the front people, all the platform personalities. It will be millions of saints behind the scenes. You so know,
2: you you don't know who's behind the scenes, but I remember a family, and there's a young lady in uh, she was having trouble in public school and wanted to go to a private school. They couldn't afford it. And uh, so I, I met with her and, and uh, asked her, I said, what in the world do you want to go to school for? She's I'm going to be an astronomical engineer, navigational engineer. I said, you what? She was about 12 I say you know a 12 year old to talk about outer space right she's right now and where's for nasa wow <laughs>
0: you know it's uh it's 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 amazing that god will put us in certain positions at certain times for such a time as this as he writes in Esther and it's uh it is always a delight to look back on things and go wow man look at what god has done isn't he amazing we're going to take one more time out. When we come back, we'll close things out a little bit here and uh, spend a few more minutes with Pastor David and Pastor Phil as Lifeline continues our Truth for Today Friday edition.
1: And now from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland.
0: And we are on our... Final downhill approach uh, here on Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard tonight, our truth for today edition. Thank you for spending time with us tonight on your commute home, whatever you're doing it is uh, It has been a privilege to spend time here not only with Pastor Phil as I get to do on a regular basis but also having his older brother here as well and as we as we close things out a little bit david i want to I want to kind of end with you. You don't get a chance often, and your, your pastoral experience is more administrative than anything else. But as we leave our audience tonight, what would you want to leave with those listening tonight? What would you want to leave them with? Well,
2: I would probably uh, pull up uh, Psalms 86 and tell them, you know, he loves you. It doesn't matter what anybody else says or what you think that they think about you. You know, uh, I don't go to church to uh, worship Phil Howard. I've been known as Phil Howard's brother for a lot of years. (laughs) But I go to church to worship the one who gave us resurrection that told Martha you have eternal life from now on and I got an old friend up a young I go see just turned ninety five in February and he said Dave you act like you're gonna live forever and I told him Joe I am so are you the secret is location yeah. Location. <laughs> okay. Location. If you estate. accept Christ, you can go to heaven with me. Hmm. And if you don't, there's another location. K-choo.
0: Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, you get the Sweeney Todd location. Yeah. That's not a good location. No. no. But it is. Um, it is who. And it's not just where you spend eternity. But who you spend it with.
2: Mm. Hmm. And, and, you know, I, I'm a lot more interested in the next five, ten years. the heaven's already taking place. So, you know, they, they, they've got somebody superintending that operation. Yeah. What am I going to do? What are you going to do that glorifies the King of Kings?
0: Mm. You mean you're retired, but you're not really retired. You're still looking for things to do?
2: Well, I retired first time in 1992, and it's been a number of times since. (laughs) But, no, what do you do here? Yeah. He didn't save you to sew your lips together. Mm. (laughs) What are you going to do? He said, go out and make disciples. In Matthew, he said, "Go make disciples, teaching them to do what I told you to do. Yeah. To do those commandments." Now, are you teaching anybody the commandments that he wrote in the book?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Are you? And I heard just recently, you got to feed. they guy. got. What are you being fed? Mm. And that's one of the things why uh, my heart wanted me to get involved in the radio because they were not being fed anything that would build them up that would give them the tools to fight the battle right. that they faced day to day. And it made made me uh, heart sick. Thinking that all of these people they're missing, they're missing the benefits that were provided by God Almighty. Hmm. So come on, step up on the bandwagon, you know, get
0: on board. Oh, and that is what truth for today is all about, isn't it? making sure that saints hear the word of God that they are being fed that they are being provided a diet uh, of gospel uh, of God's word you know you you mentioned this a bit ago Phil uh, and and this is what I tell pastors in the Bay Area all the time especially when it relates to KFAX uh, man uh, the J. Vernon McGee's the Chuck Swindoll's the John MacArthur's you can, you can get a tape and you can Get a book, but the one thing you cannot do with those ministries is roll up your sleeves and get involved. Mm. And that is precisely what you can do at Valley Bible. And that's what we have always maintained, especially with our local ministries here yes, on KFAX. Yes, yes. that's what sets you apart. Am I looking for the next Chuck Swindoll? No. no. Phil is not the next John MacArthur. no nope. But Phil is the pastor. Down the street. Valley Bible Church is the church around the corner it is the location and the place and the people where you can get involved and actually start living out this life of grace that God has given you into your life. You're saying that I was with a church planting
3: group in uh, South Carolina and there was a bunch of young men. They were maybe 20s and 30s. Uh, Most of them had gone to college whatever. And this church that I was at, the fellow took it his first Sunday there was five people and their motto their mission statement was Jesus Gospel Neighborhood hmm. and they took, went into an old factory neighborhood 350 families that had gone uh, to drugs and the hard side of life and that's their focus and they feed them They evangelize them, and they're not trying to win the world. They're trying to win their neighborhood. And I'm thinking, people are driving 50 miles, 30 miles to go to church because they like a band, and they may like the preacher. Uh, it's amazing how many churches are growing because they like music. Yeah. And uh, I just heard John MacArthur lately say, "Many churches—if you took away their music program,
0: what do they have? Their Sunday school program." <laughs> he said, "Yeah, for kids." Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a kids' programmer the music. You're right. Yes. Yeah, but, but where does this? Where, where does that? Where does, does, does anyone
3: that book? believe this book would yes. change your life? Oh. And hasn't God blessed the Jeremiah's, the McGee? Who would have ever thought a guy that uh, talks like he's from Oklahoma <laughs> could stay on the air twenty five years after he dies? Yeah, I mean it's the Word of God that Word. God's in Word. and this is what Chuck and Dave, we love the Word of God. We're not in love with ourselves. We know too much about ourselves to be in love with us. We're in love with the God who gave us his word.
0: He is an amazing God, is he not, David? Absolutely. Mm. Well, I trust and pray that our time together tonight has encouraged our listeners. And, uh, man, hopefully there are going to be some folks who go home and kind of look at that book on the coffee shelf and coffee table and say, well, What is that? What's in it? What's in that? Because it's captivated us. For the last two hours, this is precisely what has captivated us. And it is our earnest prayer that God's word begins to captivate your own heart Heart. and your own mind. And that you fall in love afresh with Christ and who it is that has redeemed you. The man we celebrated an empty tomb with last week. I,
2: I, I want to say the last thing. The night I got saved... It was, a, it was a men's fellowship. It was a ham and yam dinner, all you could eat for a dollar and a quarter. And the only time I saw the man that got up there and spoke was that night. His name was Monroe Stevens. Never saw him before or since. And he did not preach any. He got up there and told what a no-good scoundrel he was. He met Christ And
0: he was now a preacher. Just like the primitive Methodist elder with Spurgeon.
2: And when I heard him, I said, that's what I've been looking for my whole life. Hmm. But living it and opening your big fat mouth and telling people about how good this life is. The Christian life will set you free. And it comes from the word that Jesus spoke. He said, I am the truth. That's what he said. But he said, that truth's going to set you free.
0: And it certainly has in our lives tonight. And we pray that it has, listener, in your life as well. With that, we are out of time, gentlemen. Time flies when you're having fun around here. And we've certainly had a delight spending time with you here on Lifeline tonight. We thank you for doing so. We trust we'll see you next month when we'll do it again on the fourth Friday of the month. In the meantime, thanks to Nate, who engineered all of this tonight. And uh, thanks to you and your ears. That rounds out the trifecta. Have a great evening.